So I'm going to cover a very important topic when it comes to mold avoidance, and that is food. Now, food is clearly a topic that a person could talk for three, four, five, ten hours about. So I'm not going to share general nutrition with you or even detox nutrition. I'm just going to share some tips that I wish I would have known when I was getting started with mold avoidance. For the first year or so of mold avoidance, you really won't be healed enough for this stuff to apply to you. So for the first year, I sort of recommend that people just eat as healthy as they can. And that's pretty hard to do on the road when you're traveling doing avoidance. But prioritize mold avoidance over your diet. That's a huge tip. Prioritize mold avoidance over your diet. And I know a lot of us have spent years being on a very strict, very picky diet. But you will find eventually that mold avoidance is quite a bit more important than your diet. I mean, within reason. You know, if you're eating McDonald's and frozen, you know, cookies and ice cream all the time, I'm talking about within reason. So the main thing, the main message excuse me, message that I want to convey to you about food while doing mold avoidance is to forget all of the rules you thought you knew about food and instead eat the foods that you don't react to. Now, this may seem very obvious, like, well, of course I eat the foods I don't react to. Brian, don't you know that I'm on a limited diet and I've only been able to tolerate three foods for the last 10 years? Yeah, okay, fine. But still, eat the foods that you don't react to. Now, here's where this gets important. Many of us, when we were doing mold avoidance, we didn't have access to our normal diets. Regular access to a kitchen, regular access to organic grocery stores, regular access to the brands that we're used to. It would be easy to eat the foods that we don't react to if we had our normal kitchen and our normal stores and our normal routine. But what I found was there were some foods that I surprisingly did not react to at all that I could often find at a gas station. Sometimes they were garbage nutrition bars, you know, like um, garbage protein bars that you can find at a gas station. Sometimes it was certain bottled water. Sometimes it was, you know, whatever. And you should not feel guilty if you're eating a protein bar from the gas station as long as you don't react to it. It can actually be an asset. There were some times when I was traveling and I was doing some really important mold avoidance work. And work meaning scouting locations or, you know, being in a pristine location. And there wasn't an organic food store for two hours. And I didn't have a refrigerator. And I was sleeping in my truck and it was too cold to cook or whatever. Um, Just realize that mold avoidance food stuff is going to come with a different set of rules than food used to do for you you will find that some of the foods that you thought were good for you are actually bad for you once you become unmasked and your body is more articulate in communicating with you what it needs. So you have to be flexible. 
you will find that some foods that you thought were bad for you are actually fine for you or even beneficial. It will blow your mind. I used to think that I couldn't have any honey. And I was always confused because honey wasn't very high on the glycemic index. But now I can not only have honey, but it's good for me. So there's all these weird changes. You just got to kind of relax and go with the flow. If you find yourself reacting to more foods and not less at any point in avoidance, suspect being in a bad location. One of the first signs that pretty much everybody agrees on in terms of food is you lose foods, meaning you lose tolerance to foods when you're in a bad location. So if you're like, oh, last week I could eat this food and here I can't eat it at all, then uh, you're in a bad location. So... Mold avoider diets, and, and by the way, in this particular podcast, more than anywhere else, I'm really only speaking for myself. I don't want to put words in other people's mouths about their diets and, you know, what other experienced mold avoiders think. This is just my story. Um, <clears throat> basically, I fill my whole day with foods that I don't react to and that are kind of purpose-driven if you will. Um, I will either be eating something because I'm hungry and I need energy, or I will be eating something because it serves a purpose in my mold avoidance. Now hear me on this. It doesn't serve a theoretical purpose, meaning I don't believe that I need it because of some logic. It serves an actual functional purpose. It makes me feel better. So I guess I would say to build on my earlier rule, eat foods you don't react to and also eat foods that make you feel better than your baseline. I'll give you some examples. Also in a podcast that I made a few weeks ago, I talked about some really interesting food cravings for healthy foods and how that was a part of the healing process. I hope you guys will listen to that podcast because it's really important stuff. But kombucha is an example. For some reason, I got this recommendation for a fermented food that I couldn't eat and didn't make me feel good even in mold avoidance. But for some reason, kombucha, I think it's the GT brand, the one you find at every single store, gas stations everywhere. That stuff is really good for me and a lot of mold avoiders agree that it's good for them. And it's not just a food that you eat because you don't react to. And it's not just a food that you eat because it has calories and you eat energy. It's a food that you eat that serves a purpose in mold avoidance and makes you feel better. Take note that many of these foods used to make you feel worse when you were in mold. Everything flip-flops. Things that used to make you feel worse will make you feel better. Probably because the fermented material in kombucha threatens the mold that was living in your body. And so when you were in your moldy house, it made you feel like crap. And that's why your mold doctor said don't eat fermented foods because the mold doctor is treating everybody who's not doing effective mold avoidance. So the mold doctor really, his wisdom is not applicable to us because when you do mold avoidance, it's way better than just getting an air test and moving to an apartment and taking cholesterolamine. So a lot of things that used to be bad become good. Coffee is another one that I find that I couldn't tolerate even a single sip of coffee in mold. And now coffee is extremely beneficial. Not just It's not just a food that I eat that I don't react to for energy. Remember, I gave you a second category. It's a food that I eat that actually makes me feel better than baseline. 
<clears throat> carrot juice is another one. I don't drink carrot juice. I, I, I'm a, I absolutely love this Lakewood Organic Pure Carrot Juice. It feels clean to me. I drink a ton of it, but I don't necessarily drink it just for energy. I do like it for energy because it's one of, it's it's a juice that doesn't have a lot of, of sugar and it's also antifungal. It actually does have a lot of sugar, but I don't, it's, it's a, it's a good kind of sugar compared to like orange juice or something. But anyway, <clears throat> I eat, I drink the liquid organic carrot juice because I feel like it has a medicinal effect in my body. It makes me feel better than baseline. Listen to that podcast that I did a couple weeks ago. <clears throat> so kombucha, coffee, carrot juice. These are foods that I added to my diet slowly over time. Because again, in the first year of mold avoidance, you have no idea what you're doing and foods are going to be all over the place. And you know, your body's not ready for all of this yet. Or maybe the first six months if you're less sick, whatever. I don't know the exact time frame, but let's just call it the first phase of mold avoidance. Now, remember to prioritize mold avoidance and not cooking perfect home-cooked prepared meals. This may be obvious to those of you who are already doing mold avoidance in a tent. You're like, duh, I'm already eating canned beans, whatever. But I want to emphasize to you that as you become unmasked to mold, you will also become unmasked in your diet and you will know what foods feel good or feel bad. I will give you another example, okay? Theoretically, bottled water is really bad because it contains microplastics. Theoretically. <clears throat> and maybe even scientifically. But it's still theoretical in terms of how I feel. Now, about a year ago, I my body started telling me you can only drink Fiji water. You know Fiji water? It's the fancy, really expensive bottled water that has like a high silica content. And it comes in plastic. But I became unmasked enough to know that I had to drink Fiji water. It was the only water that my body wants. And to this day, I only drink Fiji water. It's like one of the biggest, highest expenses of food I have. I think I spend like $300 a month on Fiji water or whatever. Theoretically, that's really bad because it's bottled in plastic. But remember, I already told you, we aren't doing theoretical anymore. We're doing what feels good. Now, here's the fascinating part. I talked to a few other mold avoiders who are doing really well and on their way to recovery. And guess what? <clears throat> They're like, I only drink Fiji water. That's what they told me. So they've like, like there's, do you guys see what I'm saying? There's kind of like a rhyme and a reason for this. It's, it's like mold illness recovery 101. We're not all different. We're all the same. People who say we're all different are just sick enough that they don't, they haven't fallen down the rabbit hole far enough to realize that this is a singular illness. I have a podcast called The Singularity of Mold Avoidance. <clears throat> so don't be afraid to drink bottled water if it's what makes you feel good. Learn, eventually you learn to trust how you feel as the guideline. And I'm going to have to put the disclaimer in that everybody will, so everybody won't email me and private message me. Yes, I still think you should worry about plastic. Yes, I still think it can cause cancer, whatever. But it's a secondary problem to recovering from mold illness. It's kind of like if a grizzly bear is attacking you, 
that's not when you're thinking about getting a colonoscopy for ca- cancer prevention. You, you, you deal with the grizzly bear attack first, and then you worry about long-term preventative health. I'm still getting enough benefit from the Fiji water in a exponential recovery fashion <clears throat> that I don't think it's a problem. Now, I'm going to get a little bit personal here. Please forgive me, but I think sometimes it's useful to provide evidence. So um, a lot of people with mold illness, now the girls, you can close your ears if you're offended by sexual things, but I'm going to share something. Please just, this is going to be clinical. I'm not, I'm just going to discuss this from a clinical objective perspective. It's not meant to gross anyone out, but many men who have mold illness and other chronic illnesses have erectile dysfunction, you know, a lot of erectile dysfunction, prostate problems, whatever. Um, Back when I was living in my moldy house and I was very sick, I I ate perfectly and I didn't drink bottled water because of the plastic because I was worried it was going to mess up my hormones. Turns out mold is the thing that actually messes up your hormones. I had horrible male type issues. I'm not going to go into any more details. Let's keep this PG rated. But I had all these horrible male issues. Sure enough, when I get out of mold, even though I'm drinking all this bottled water out of plastic, all of those problems went away. So it's again, the singularity of mold avoidance, prioritizing mold avoidance, first and foremost, and secondarily, prioritizing food that makes your mold avoidance feel good. So we're going to go by feeling good. And we're not going to go by theory. Now, I don't mind if you try certain foods because of theory, but stick to foods that make you feel good. That's the most important hack and advice that I can give you. And so I'm going to end this here because I really don't want to spend too long talking about food because it's such a huge topic that you really can't do it justice anyway. But I'm going to end this with one interesting idea. I never found that, well, okay, let me, let me repeat this. Let me change how I'm going to phrase this. It doesn't matter if food is organic or not. I mean, theoretically, yes, of course, organic is better. But I have encountered many foods during my mold avoidance that are not organic, that feel clean to me, give me energy and make me feel good. And so you know what? I eat those, plenty of them. I get these Quest protein cookies from Walmart that I eat all day long and I feel great because remember, we're not going on theory. We we do try to buy as much organic as we can, but there are many organic brands that are really, really bad. How do I know? Did I, did I go to a laboratory? No, I'm going based on how it makes me feel. I'm unmasking to foods. Probably the farmers who have some organic farms and organic ranches are downwind or downstream of Monsanto glyphosate factories. Whatever, we don't know. The world has many different types of pollutants. So I'm not convinced that the designation of something being organic matters all that much. Now, yes, I still recommend eating quality organic food, but if you get an organic brand and it feels bad to you, then don't eat it. And if you are 
camping and healing and intensification and doing great and you find a protein bar at the gas station that should be garbage theoretically but it makes you feel good don't feel guilty for eating it you guys see what i'm where i'm going with this um it makes eating much more easy when you're in mold avoidance because you literally just pick something off the shelf give it a try and see does this make me feel good or bad and then if it makes you feel good wow you just added a food that you can access on your travels or access however you need to do it. So you can just leave all the stuff behind. Um, I'll leave you with one last thought. One of my mentors told me that as I became more unmasked and started healing in mold avoidance and with her own particular um, experience that she became very reactive to glyphosate in foods to the point where it was almost more important for her than mold avoidance now mind you this was five years into mold avoidance so don't get the idea that you can do this instead of mold avoidance this is like after she had already um done the lion's share of healing with mold avoidance and she she learned she got to the point where she could sense the glyphosate in the foods and wouldn't even need to test for it she would know if foods were clear or not clear of glyphosate again becoming unmasked to glyphosate now It wasn't that she theoretically believed that glyphosate was worse than any other toxin out there. That's irrelevant. Maybe maybe she believed that. Maybe she didn't. That's not the point. The point is that it became important for her to avoid glyphosate in order to feel good. Do you see the distinction there? We're not avoiding it based on theory or what was on CNN last night or what food is recommended in the China study or paleo or, you know, high carb, whatever. She found particularly that avoiding glyphosate in foods, which she learned how to sense, was extremely important. And many mold avoiders after her have agreed with that. Again, the singularity of this illness, we're not all different. We're all the same. And the more you do mold avoidance and get true deep healing, you know, Simka, my friend Simka, when he recommends a food to me, like he told me about these chips called Benito's chips. I don't think they're organic. And they are very high fiber, so they're good for kind of cleaning you out after mold hits, getting things moving, cleaning out the gut, whatever. And when he recommended them to me, I didn't even check to see if they were organic because I know the singularity of mold avoidance when you get far enough along in healing, you realize that you are the same as all the other mold avoiders and all the things you thought were so different like Lyme disease or CFS or viruses or mycoplasma. Maybe you did have all of that different stuff, but by the time the immune system heals enough and you're a year or two in and those top superficial layers get peeled off of your illness, the core underneath the illness is mold illness and we're all the same. And yeah, maybe I used to have Bartonella and you used to have Epstein-Barr virus, but you find out after two or three years that those superficial infections just go away all by themselves and you're left with this, I'm a mold avoider and so is that that guy and so is that girl and we all kind of feel the same about glyphosate feel the same about food so when simca recommended these benitos chips to me and i bought them and they felt great to me and tasted great to me exactly like he said i wasn't surprised i wasn't like oh that's weird that we're we're supposed to be different it doesn't work that way and i'm not i'm not Now, again, I'm not saying that literally in every instance, there are going to be differences and there are going to be times when certain foods, you know, are different for different people. I'm not saying that, but by and large, if 10 experienced mold avoiders tell you that a certain food is okay and it's not okay for you, probably what's happened is you haven't 
<clears throat> quite healed enough to get down to that core level. It's probably not that you're different. <clears throat> In ways that you find yourself to be different from other mold avoiders, that's probably means that you aren't quite healed enough yet and you should focus on doing more mold avoidance for a longer period of time to peel those surface layers of illness away so that you can get to the root of things. This is a concept that I introduced in my mold avoidance book that I wrote a couple of years ago that I now give away for free because nobody ever bought it because people would rather not get well. They just want to give all their money to doctors. So I have to give the book away for free to get anybody to read it. But anyway, this was a concept that I introduced in that book. The concept was that, wow, Lyme disease is really just a trivial superficial layer on top of mold illness. And when you do enough mold avoidance, you watch the Lyme disease just kind of dissolve away. It is fascinating, you guys. So that concept has only been reinforced the more mold avoidance that I do. It is not a concept that is becoming weaker. It is a concept that is becoming stronger. Okay, so I hope this has helped you guys. Um, I'm going to end it now. And just a last minute message to remember that everything changes during mold avoidance. Everything you know about food, everything you know about being healthy in the, our modern era. Look, let me let me just say something. If you are relying on theoretical information on what to eat, it's baloney, uh, pun intended. It's It's garbage information because we really have no idea what kind of toxins are floating around in food and you know, there's so many new toxins being invented every year by industry and technology that to think that there's some unifying theory about what food to eat and what brands to eat and what kind of diet or paleo or whatever to eat is really crazy. Now, 2000 years ago, it wouldn't have been so crazy because, you know, everything wasn't so polluted. But we don't know if our organic farms are being grown in good soil. We don't know if there's some toxin that is underground in the potatoes, but it's not in the apple trees, like nobody knows about this. Whatever book you bought on Amazon about diets, it's wrong. And it's becoming more wrong every year as the environment and as toxins increase. So to be able to become unmasked and be in touch with your body in a way that promotes well-being and health and vitality is really kind of a superpower in the same way that mold avoidance skills and becoming unmasked and using your body to detect mold is a superpower. So we're completely leaving the old dietary paradigm behind. Pick whatever part of it you like, the food pyramid, you know, organic versus non-organic, carbohydrates, fruit, you know, all of it. It's just not a factor anymore. When you become unmasked and you're doing mold avoidance, you end up eating the foods that make you feel good. And that's just the bottom line. And it's amazing that you can go to Walmart and buy some non-organic food that feels great to you and makes you feel good. Again, I do promote eating organic when possible. 
I don't dispute that it is better. But like I said, you might have an organic farm that has above average pollution of a particular toxin that's extremely harmful to you because you're a mold avoider and your body has been damaged by mold. So it's a different set of rules. You are entering a different game. It's a different way to play. That That's such an important message. And, and especially this is important because many mold avoiders find themselves traveling into new areas where they don't have access to the same kind of grocery stores. Okay, guys, hope this has been helpful for you. Just a little disclaimer here. I'm not a doctor. And in this particular case, I'm also not a dietitian or nutritionist. This podcast is not for medical purposes or medical advice. It is just my own personal experience. You or your doctor or other quote unquote mold experts might tell you something different. And I am not telling you who to listen to. You can figure that out for yourself.